think for a moment, what do you remember most from your high school or college classes? This is Dana Hebriard and Cindy Camp. We teach a class at Aquinas College that focuses on helping young people become world ready. You might be surprised to know that career is just one part of this class. We actually spend just as much time studying relationships, happiness, and citizenship. The best part of the class, though, is partnering each student with a mentor who's enjoying retirement in the second half of life. Instead of focusing on a generation gap, we talk about a generation swap because we know there's so much to learn from each other. Stay tuned for a conversation with one of our swap mate pairs. Well, welcome. We are so excited today to be here with Susan Kohlhoff and Nicole Estrada. My name is Dana Hebriard. And I'm Cindy Camp. We're your co-hosts on Generation Swap. And we are just going to spend some time getting to know our two new friends and learning a little bit about their experience as being swap mates this year. So Susan, if we could start with you, would you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, well, I'm retired from the Michigan Department of Corrections. I was a deputy warden for, well, I worked for the department 32 years. In the last half of that, I was a deputy warden and ran a prison over near Saginaw and uh, moved back here to Grand Rapids when I retired 10 years ago, um, because this is where my family uh, is. And, um, and I missed West Michigan a whole lot. But yeah, I've been retired and I do a variety of things. I have three dogs. I've been involved with Paws with a Cause. Um, I'm a gardener. I work at Ollie part-time to support my dog habit because dogs are expensive. And um, I just, I don't know, I just keep really, really busy. I'm way busier in retirement than I was when I worked, it seems like, yeah. I love that. And I love that you are busy or doing the things that you're passionate about um, now that you've retired. Nicole, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Now, you're an Aquinas College student and you were paired together through a class that you're enrolled in. So why don't we begin there? Yeah, so my name is Nicole Estrada. I am a junior this year at Aquinas. I am double majoring in communication and sociology with a focus on health and human services. Um, let's start, let's see, let's start with this class. So I added this class last minute, actually. I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, I really think it's a great practical class. It's one of the more helpful classes I've had, which was surprising to me because it's less academic and more realistic, um, if you will. So I'm very glad I took this class, very glad that I met Sue. Uh, I think that we've developed a great relationship, great friendship. As far as career goes, once I graduate, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do. I know that I want to work in the nonprofits. I've always wanted to help people. Like, that's never been a question in my mind. Um, that's just, I know that's what I've been called to do. I'm well aware, and it's something that I don't know how I'm going to do, but I know it's what I want to do. And the thing that I love is that Susan mentioned working with correctional facilities and you are interested in human services. So what were your first impressions when you met each other and did you talk about you know, similar career journeys? Susan? Well, I don't remember. I mean, I, I, 
I don't know if I see that all that similar. Actually, my undergrad from Aquinas is in accounting. I thought I wanted to be a CPA, but I, I didn't get my degree till later in life. I was in my mid thirties. And by then I had enough years in with the state of Michigan that I couldn't afford to leave um, because of the benefit package and a lot of other things. Um, and I got into administration Sorry about my dogs. I got into administration uh, in the prison system quite by accident. I just personally had some mentors who were really instrumental in getting me on an administrative path. Um, and I just kind of fell into it rather than the business route. But I don't know if I see what I did in human services as being quite the same. What do you think, Nicole? I mean, there might be a far-fetched connection there. I do remember when we first started talking that you had mentioned you have your MPA from Grand Valley, mm -hmm. which is something I think that I want my MPA after I graduate from Aquinas, which is Masters of Public Administration. Um, I would love to go to Grand Valley. They have a great program. So I thought it was, I don't know, coincidental or fate, if you believe in that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. And I think that was probably the biggest connection that we had right off the bat. Um, mm -hmm was that mutual interest in not only that degree, but that degree from that school. Mm -hmm. Yep, good point, yep. Well, and if you wouldn't mind, Nicole, could you tell us how old you are? Yeah, um, so I'm 21. I just turned 21 in February. Um, so I still have one more year of school left, but hope to be done, fingers crossed, next May. Great, and Susan? Oh, I'm 70. I'll be 71 in July. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Trust me, people told me that just before I turned 70 that you'll have a shift in how you see the world. And I thought, oh, yeah, right, whatever. It's true. So, yeah. We love pairing people from the first half of life and the second half of life. And it's just helpful for our listeners to get an idea of exactly where you each are in, in that place. Um, you know, wondering also with both of you, if there's anything new in the past year or two that you have learned or begun to do that's made an impact on your life. I guess for me, it's just um, recognizing my, how uncomfortable I am with uncertainty and knowing that it'll be okay. And that makes a huge difference in a lot of situations because I don't deal with uncertainty well. I know most people don't, but I think I have, I, I'm kind of a control freak and I think I, I have tried to let go of some of that in the last year. Yeah, so I think in the last year, I've really started to realize that, kind of going off of what Sue said, um, I can only take things one day at a time especially with the uncertainty of COVID. And I even started doing this before, but COVID really made it more important to me. You have to take life one day at a time. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen next week, next year. You just don't know. Um, live your life one day at a time because that's all you can do. Yeah, good. Well said. Yeah, it's a helpful philosophy, especially given how many unknowns, um, even now, even with a, a COVID vaccine, there's still a lot that we're waiting to, to see how it plays out. Um, life, of course, is full of both successes and failures. And the truth is, although we, we 
uh, focus on successes, failures are part of the package. And we often, the truth is, learn a lot from our failures, whether because we've had to take a whole new direction, we've had to, you know, just use more grit to try again. And wondering if you would each share a favorite failure and what you learned going through the process. Well, my favorite failure is marriage. I'm not a good marriage partner. And I tried it a couple times. Um, I have two absolutely phenomenal sons in their 40s out of my first marriage, and I would not give that up for the world. But uh, the marriage didn't last, and I tried it again. And I'm just too independent and too much a control freak. <laughs> And I'm not good at marriage. And that was my favorite fail because I was pretty successful at everything else I did in my life. That was not one of my successes. And it took me a while to figure that out. This is just not for you. So <laughs> that's my favorite fail. Thank you for being so candid, you know, and so self-reflective. Yeah. Nicole, favorite failure? Yeah. So when I was 16, I failed my driver's license test the first time. Um, and I think it's a funny story to tell now because, you know, of course now everything is okay, but at the time I didn't really practice and I had it in my head that I was just going to go take this test and everything was going to be fine, you know, pass with hundred percent the first time. I don't need to practice. It'll be okay. I got there. I took the test, did not do well. <laughs> and then it's because I didn't practice. And I think what I learned from that was I can't expect everything to be handed to me. If I want something, I have to work for it myself you know like the driving test specifically there's nothing that my parents could have done my teachers could have done it was up to me if I wanted it I had to practice and no one was going to hand it to me so I went back and I practiced and a couple months later I took it and aced it um, because I put in hours of practicing highway driving of parking of I don't even know what else you need to know for the test but all that stuff um, so I think that was definitely the most important lesson that I learned is no one's going to give you everything if you want it you have to work for it yourself well, that's certainly a great life lesson. Uh, let's take a quick break just so we can remind our listeners today on Generation Swap, we're talking with Susan Koloff and with Nicola Estrada. They were paired during Aquinas College class and Susan takes classes and works at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, which is located across the street from Aquinas College. Uh, Susan, this question is really just for you. As you have moved into this second half of life, um, often people find that they're able to be more true to self and live more authentically. And, and wondering what your observations about that would be in your own experience. Well, as I mentioned before, when you turn 70, something does shift inside of you. And I think it's realizing how short life is, how quickly life goes. And if you really want to do something, you better be doing it. Um, if you really don't want to do something, then just ignore the darn thing and don't feel pressured to do it if it's not something you really enjoy. So um, it's just being more true to myself and more intentional about how I spend my time. And a follow-up for you, Susan, any advice that you hear often given to young people that you would say, you know what, just ignore that? Oh, definitely. In fact, that caused me when I saw that question to pull a book out. I took a yoga instructor class a few years ago. This book um, by Stephen Cope called The Great Work of Your Life. And it kind of um, is based on the work of the Bhagavad Gita. Um, 
But basically, in a nutshell, what he's saying is we all have our own dharma or our own purpose in life, and we can't be good at everything. And we're not going to be good at everything. And so when a young person, oh, you can do anything you want in the world. Well, within limits. Um, not all of us are, are made to be concert pianists. Not all of us are made to be mathematicians. And I'm not, I don't say that to mean you shouldn't try things and work at them, but there comes a point where maybe you need to recognize this isn't a good fit for me. And so when I hear people go on about, you can be anything you want in the world, it's like, well, not really. Uh, so that's, that's my little take on that question. I love that. We in the class took the strengths binder and students were able to talk a little bit about their strengths. And that's one of the uh, insights into strengths is that we each have our own unique gifts and, and talents and the things that make us unique. And so very similar to the book that you're mentioned, which I wrote down, I'm going to have to look at that for the summer, but it's definitely true that we can't be everything. We have to sort of lean into what it is that our God-given strengths are. <laughs> For you, Nicole, as you think about life after college, what else uh, would be helpful to learn from role models in your life, whether it's career or relationships or personal growth or anything that might be important to you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, both in and out of college, would be just learning how to find that balance of how do you balance school, social life, friends, family, um, alone time, you know, how do you get that healthy balance of what do you have to do academically for your job, for your family? Um, like I said, I plan on getting my master's degree once I graduate from Aquinas. So figuring out how to do that, but then working at the same time and how to still have a social life and how to, you know, do like self-care. So really just that balance of making everything work. Um, and I know since I've been in college, I've been working on doing that because when I started, I was not very good. I'm getting better. Um, but I find that the older I get, the more that I have to do, the more that I have to balance. So I think just figuring out where that healthy balance lies would be helpful. And I know that that's something that's different for everybody because of course, everybody has different things going on in their life, but less of like a, how do you balance these specific things and more of a, um, like what's the equation, I guess, for lack of a better term, like what's the formula to make everything work? So when you were growing up, did parents or other adults in your life encourage you to think deeply about who you really are and what you want to do in your life? Nicole, maybe we can start with you and then Susan, if you'd like to answer afterwards. Yeah. So as Sue had just mentioned with that book, you know, you can't do everything. That's what my parents taught me growing up. It was always, you can do anything that you want to be. Um, you can do anything that you put your mind to. I grew up, it was myself and my younger sisters. So it was just, uh, my parents only had two daughters. So it was really stressed, you know, even though you're a girl, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever men do. You can do like equality sort of thing. Um, when I was younger, actually, I wanted to be a EMT on the life flight helicopter for the longest time until I realized I can't do that. <laughs> I don't think I could handle it. Um, and I'm happy because I'm happy where I am right now. Um, but yeah, my parents were always just, 
whatever you want to be, just put your mind to it. You know, if you work hard, you can do, you want to be a doctor, you can do it. You want to be a lawyer, you can do it. So it was always really vague, um, but it always had that emphasis of, even though you're a girl, you can do it. You can go to college, you can do anything that men do. Like you just have to work hard for it. My turn? <laughs> um, no, not at all. No, did not get that from my parents. In fact, the high school counselor back then, the only, if you were a female, you could either be a nurse, go into education or be a secretary. That was about it. Um, there were a couple girls in my graduating class that were able to see beyond that and do other things. But most of us pretty much it was about getting married in your 20s and starting your family and maybe you'll be a teacher or maybe um so no when I was growing up I didn't get anything like that at all and so that's why it took me until my mid-30s to kind of figure out what do I really want to do with my life and then some things I just fell into and it worked out really well but there wasn't any great strategic plan for me no yeah and I think the other thing that may factor into that, I, I'm curious, did you have several brothers and sisters, Susan? No, I have one sister. That's one sister. it. So I, I come from, I had no cousins. Both of my parents were only children. So I had no aunts, no uncles, no cousins. We have a, a very, very, very small family, hardly anyone. So. But as you said, you know, some years back, the choices for women were very limited and the expectation was for most women that you were going to become um, a wife and mother fairly quickly. Um, I think it also in families where there were a lot of children, parents maybe didn't have the luxury of time to even think about what the possibilities might have been. Um, Nicole, as you said, you're, you're in a family of two and your parents are very pro-girl, like that you have lots of possibilities if you're willing to work for it. Um, uh, just a couple of final questions. We know that the two of you have been in this swap mate relationship now for the semester. And um, if you were going to tell somebody else about the importance of intergenerational relationships, what comes to mind for you? Well, I am so impressed with Nicole and I've told her this, that she is so much more together with her life at the age of 21 than I was. I mean, she, she's phenomenal. First time I met her, I was so impressed because she just really, she knows herself. She kind of knows where she wants to go. Um, she's not afraid to take risks. Um, and she goes after things that she wants. And I, she's just so together. And so it was nice for me to see that in a young person, not that I haven't seen it in young people before, but it just makes me feel better about where the world may be headed. <laughs> well, thank you, Sue. That means a lot. <laughs> um, because I know there's some days where I question, like, I don't know, am I going in the right direction? Do I have, you know, everything together? But does anyone in college have everything together? Not really. Um, yeah, I think, I'm sorry, what was the question again? I had an answer and I forgot. Well, about the benefits of having someone like uh, Susan in your life. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, so I think the biggest benefit is definitely learning from different experiences. Of course, we grew up in, you know, obviously different time periods. And like we had just talked about, when you, when you were younger, you said that your parents kind of, not really your parents, but the school really limited. You have A, B, and C options after high school, and that's it. And like I said, when I was younger, my parents were, you can do anything that you want. And I just think that's really interesting to have growing up in such different time periods. Um, so definitely learning from past experiences. I think 
what I've valued the most in this relationship is gaining reassurance that you don't have to know everything that's going on right now. Things change, life happens, you never really, know. you can make plans right now, but you know, like they say, if you want to make God laugh, make a plan. <laughs> I love so, it. Definitely, definitely gain some reassurance from that, hearing from someone who is in the second half of life that things always work out. You don't have to have a concrete plan because things will work out no matter what. And I think that that's definitely something to gain from having um, a swap mate, you know, intergenerational swap mate. Well, that's such a powerful word, mm -hmm. reassurance. Mm -hmm. And to know that somebody is there just to kind of, um, to make you feel supported and to make you feel like you're probably figuring things out in a way that's, that's gonna work out. But if you don't, you know, then you retool. And, and that's really what we hoped uh, to achieve with this class by pairing people from the first half of life, our students with people in the second half. Uh, uh, one last opportunity, is there anything you'd like to add? Well, I am really thankful. I've had an opportunity to get to know Nicole. I hope we can maintain our connection. Um, she just bought a new vehicle and she's gonna be on the Aquinas swim team next year, yay! And um, I've just really enjoyed getting to know Nicole. And I feel sad that in the beginning we could only do it by Zoom, but we're all feeling sad that we can only do things by Zoom, so yeah. I definitely agree. I think that this was a great match. It totally worked out. Um, like I said, I was a little bit hesitant in the beginning just because I wasn't sure what the class was about. I knew that there was a mentor type of program, but I wasn't really sure how rigid it was going to be, how, I don't want to say structured, but formal, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, I was worried maybe me and my swap mate weren't going to get along. We weren't going to have anything in common, but that wasn't the case at all. I'm very glad that, you know, Sue and I were matched. We had a great time. Uh, I definitely agree. Would like to continue this friendship um, because I don't think it's something that should be contained to just this class, just this semester, um, which is the whole point of the class is to take things beyond college, beyond school. Um, would definitely recommend this class to any other students. It was very helpful. Like I mentioned in the beginning, not, it's not so much an academic class. It's more of a life class. It's things that you take with you beyond the classroom. And I'm glad that I took it as a junior and it's things that I can implement not only my senior year, but after I graduate. So I would definitely recommend it to anybody who's looking to kind of gain those life skills and those friendships. Nicole, I, one question, you were mentioning the class in the class content. What was one thing that stuck out for you? Was it the conversation about happiness or income or um, deliberative forum or, I mean, something I haven't mentioned? I really liked when we did the um, mind mapping activity and when we did it in class mine was really sloppy and it was all over the place because it was kind of you know in class we only had a certain amount of time to do it but actually that day that we did it I came home and I showed one of my roommates and I said I want to make a final you know pretty copy of this make it look nice and she was really interested and she goes I want to do that too so we sat down and I explained to her um, you know kind of the assignment if you will and um, less of an assignment, more of an activity, I guess. And we both sat down and we made nice copies of it. And she's a biology major. So hers looked different than mine did as a liberal arts major. Um, but I really liked that activity. I think that really stuck out to me because it was, again, helpful beyond the classroom. It's not just, okay, what courses have I taken? Yes, those are important. But how does that all reflect or how does it all relate to the work I've done, the volunteer experience I have, what I want to do after I graduate, my personality traits. So I think that was probably the, my favorite thing that we did. 
in the class. Awesome. That's that's from a book for Catherine Brooks. It, she wrote a book called You Major in What? So we talk a little bit about that. And as a liberal arts institution, sometimes individuals don't think, you know, um, about what their career is beyond that major. So that book talks about that. So that's good to hear. Thank you both. That was so great. Aww. I love hearing and I love the dogs in the background, Susan. I think <laughs> it's just life. That's life right now, you know? you know? I'm on Zoom all the time for work. And fortunately, I think that's only happened once before. They usually, I try to play with them just before something kicks off and then they're sleeping. But anyway, so <laughs> another dog walked by, no doubt. So, all right. <laughs> Well, That's thank great. you so much. And Nicole, very interesting to hear that the mind mapping is something. Susan, we got out these big sheets of paper, crayons, colored pencils, and then everybody just, you know, did mm -hmm. some drawing in it. It's kind of a fun, um, like a tactile activity that we do one one day in class. So let me see if I can find my copy of it. It's oh yeah, do that. Much nicer. Yeah, Dana and I did it last year too, and we both felt like it's, it, you know, it's just a good activity to get all your creativity and tap into memories that maybe you haven't, you know, reflected on for a while. Yeah, it is a good one. It is that, and that's a great book. I really do like Catherine oh, Brooks. And the book that you mentioned, yeah. Susan, I will look for that. That yes. sounds wonderful. Um, I, I love the Hindu worldview. I always feel reassured by the way that, you know, you can have it, like what what works for one person isn't the formula for somebody else you know it it's really good to know that well you know i was asking about myers-briggs because i used to administer that years ago when i was in our training department and um when i first learned that i was an introvert it made such a huge difference in how I viewed myself, because the, the world is an extroverted world. And if you're truly an introvert, you never feel comfortable, you never feel like you fit in. And so I think doing anything like that with strengths inventory or anything is so important. And the younger you can do it, the better, because it just makes a, a, a much clearer path for a person. I have a book that I purchased a long time ago to understand my own children. It's called Quiet Susan. Oh, I've read that. My son and I, he's an introvert. That made that was a life-changing too. Yes. It was a book. Yeah. It was a yeah. great book for me as an extroverted individual to yeah. understand and make sense of my my twins and and, and how they processed things. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's spot. In fact, my son and I were just telling his aunt on his father's side has a granddaughter who's like a year old and just can't figure out what's wrong with her. And we, the more she would talk about the granddaughter, my son and I both said, she's introverted. You need to get this book quiet and you need to read it because even starting in infancy, I couldn't believe the insights that that book gave, gave us. Yeah. yeah. Nicole, do you have your mind map? I do actually. Um, I don't know how well you can read it yeah. being on Zoom, um, but I definitely, it's much nicer than the one that we did in class. Um, I see color though. I see, you know, boxes. Yeah. And I love it that you actually did it again. Wow. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Me and one of my roommates did it. We had a great time. Like I said, ours are very different, but um, she loved the concept as well. And it was nice to actually sit down and be able to think about instead of oh, I have to get this done in class I have to get this done because I have to do this afterwards or whatever um 
So it's a lot more detail than the one we did in class, but I really thought it was interesting. Well, and I love the fact that you can be an ambassador. So when you have your friends who are stressed about the, the path that they think they need to go on, you can say to them, let's sit down and do this mind map thing and draw <laughs> circles and then it will make you feel it's, better. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. You know, like I have a course or I have a section on here for courses um, that I've taken public speaking, community sociology, social problems, family communication. Yeah, those are all relevant, you know, for school, but then interesting things. Um, I really want to get into stock investments. I'm doing swimming in the fall. I'm working in the communication lab next year. Um, volunteer experience that I have. So it's, you know, it's school focused, but it's not at the same time, which I think I really like. Yeah, and we want to thank both of you. You were part of our class this semester and um, our focus on happiness, career and citizenship. And the fact that we've been able to pair mentors with our college students has just made it such a rich experience for us as well as instructors. Um, we wanna thank both of you, Susan Koloff and Nicole Estrada for joining us today on Generation Swap. This podcast is a production of the Aquinas College Advantage Center, and you can find our show wherever you get your podcasts. We invite you to subscribe to Generation Swap um, so you can get the, the newest episodes when they're available. And our website is aquinas.edu forward slash generation swap. We're looking forward to sharing stories again with you soon. Thank you.